Hey, Being at Work listeners, we're dropping into our feed today, a conversation I had recently with Darren Slack on his show, Stood in the Gap. It's an energizing and vulnerable conversation, as you'll hear. Darren asked me about pivotal moments in my career, and I ended up talking about things I never have in this kind of forum. We laughed, we explored, and we dropped our guards. I often take myself way too seriously. So I'm grateful for people like Darren who bring out the light in others. Check it out. The greatest gift that you have to give others is you. Success is not achievable alone. We all have a story of a person who took a risk. Someone who imagined a life greater than what we could. Someone who stood in the gap. This show shares those someones, those unsung heroes who pushed us when we could have settled for what is. I'm Darren Slack, and this is Stood in the Gap, the show that focuses on the who, not the how, behind a leader's success. Andrea Butcher began her career as a global leader at Premier Farnell, an electronics distributor based in London, England. She then worked as a consultant for Flashpoint based in Indianapolis. Most recently, Andrea served as the VP of Talent Development at Defenders before her current role, president for HRD Advisory Group. Andrea is a visionary, and this rings true in our conversation as she shares her passion of coming alongside leaders to help them maximize the performance of their teams. I'm so excited because I didn't know that I already know of Andrea from a friend. (laughs) So it's good to see you. It's so good to see you. So you were in a Truth at Work group with my husband who thinks so highly of you. And so I've heard your name and love the great work that you're doing at Proact and and beyond. So it's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. Yeah, thank you so much, Andrea. And uh, you made the connection for us before we got started. (laughs) And I feel so dumb for not... For not making that connection well, already. But isn't great? Connections all around. And if you take time to ask people questions, you can always make those connections. So I'm, I'm glad we've done that. That's good. And so I'm really excited for our listeners to get to know you and for me to get to know you as well. And to kick that off, we like to start with the game that we always play with every guest. And it's this or that. So I'm going to throw some rapid fire questions out at you and then you answer them as fast as you can. Okay, bring it. All right. Would you rather be gossiped about or, or never talked about at all? Oh my gosh, gossiped about, for sure. Would you rather date someone you met online or go on a blind date? I met my husband online, so I'm going with the online. Would you rather be a star player on a losing football team or ride the bench on a winning team? Star player on the losing team. Would you rather save money or save time? Save time. Never read another book or never watch another movie? Oh, gosh, I love to read, so definitely never watch a movie. (laughs) Would you rather watch a movie at home or at the movie theater? Uh, Theater, because I love people. Would you rather hear the good news or the bad news first? Bad news first, we can end with good news. Be proposed to in private or in front of family and friends? In front of family and friends. My extroversion's kicking in, isn't it? You're an extrovert to the heart. See, I'm an introvert, so. You would choose private. You would want to do it in private? Yes, I would. Yep. So would you rather have a cook or a maid? A cook? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for entertaining me. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> so let's switch gears, Angela. <laughs> right. 
And so this show is all about like how others have stood in the gap for our guests and who inspires you to be who you are today. So Andrew, in your life, was there ever a guardian angel who showed up for you? Oh my gosh, so many times. There's one particular moment that comes to mind for me. I'm delivering the commencement speech for Indiana State University. And I've been reflecting a lot on my experiences at Indiana State. I have always been fascinated by why we do what we do. And so when I found psychology classes in my undergrad program, they just lit me up in a way I never had been before. And I really fell in love with the motivations and the things that I was learning in those classes. And so I decided I'm going to get a, a clinical psychology degree. That's, that's my path. And so I did the work. I studied. I really poured myself into it. And my senior year rolled around. I was shocked and devastated. I did not get accepted to any of the PhD programs I had applied to. And so there was a really teary-eyed moment with one of my professors where I was lamenting a bit and, oh my gosh, you know, life is over. And it was really the first time I'd ever been told no around something. And he just looked at me and said, well, you know, you really liked your industrial organizational psychology class. Have you ever thought about human resource development? We have a master's program here at Indiana State. And so all of a sudden, this seed of possibility was planted that I had never thought of before. And I never thought about, you know, taking this love of why people do what they do and the development and growth of people and applying that in an organizational setting. That had just never, my parents were school teachers, and so I didn't have a lot of experience around business and corporate America. So it had never dawned on me. So thankfully, like he in that moment, like he was life speaking to me, sharing those words and okay, like there's an idea. And it has led me to where I am today and the work I've been doing for over 20 years. What are you doing? So I lead a consulting business called HRD Advisory Group, and our focus is talent development. So we focus on the growth and development of leaders through our manager essentials program, our leadership development programs, and our executive coaching. We work with mid and large size organizations, equipping leaders to actually lead and get results through their teams. So what's your philosophy around leadership then? So what does that look like to you and where did it come from? Oh, my gosh, what a big question. So going back to the story of when that professor stood in the gap for me and said, have you ever thought about, I like I hadn't, right? I was on this kind of narrow train around this clinical psychology path. And now, like, as I look at the last 20 years, I've gotten to come alongside and help grow and develop and heal leaders in a lot of ways in an organizational setting. And so I'm, I just, I am so grateful every single day, really. I mean, I, I express gratitude for the work that I get to do. I absolutely love it. It is so empowering and inspiring. And my mom has been a huge influencer, as many moms are. But um, she's always been someone to take responsibility for her life. And I so admire that. And Something she always said growing up was, you know, if I would complain about like the girls on the playground or not getting this or that, she would, you got to tend your own garden, girl, like tend your own garden, like stop worrying about everybody else. Like you play your game. And so that is, that is so instilled in me. And I see that play out in the coaching and the leadership development work that I do that stop looking around and trying to emulate everyone else's leadership style. Like you got to figure out your leadership philosophy because the greatest gift that you have to give others is you. 
And so it's that, I mean, that is leadership development. It's taking the time to really reflect on who am I when I'm at my best? What is it that lights me up? You know, what are those um, those unique differentiators, those weird and awkward kinds of things? Like those are the things that actually, actually make you really special. Like figure that out and be more of that in order to have more influence. I'm sure you've met a lot of people like in your work and impacted so many people. What are you most proud of? You know, I really love the the really strong individual contributor who was promoted to manager. And then they're like, well, shit, like, how do I get results now through this group of people? You know, those those individuals who were really good at getting results on their own. And now all of a sudden they have a team and um, an interesting stat. So 60 percent of all new managers will fail because they were not equipped for that transition. It is it's a different skill set. And so I just have such a soft spot for that group of leaders to say, okay, like it is a new skill set. Let's take a step back. It's a transition. So your values will shift a bit. Your mindset will shift a bit. How you spend your time, obviously, now needs to be focused on these people rather than the results or the work itself. And I I just love walking with leaders through that because it is a transition time. It's both exciting and really challenging and scary and so having a safe place for leaders to fall and say, like, I don't know what I'm doing, like, that just that gives me so much, so much joy. I'm so grateful for that. So what do you do to stay grounded then? How do you find time to kind of decompress? Well, I run a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm training for the mini right now. And it is, it is such a mind clearing exercise. I don't really like to run and I'm super slow. But just getting out, like I did a a nine-mile run on Saturday, and so just getting out for two hours and being active is just, it's, because I have so much energy, I mean, I I do, so I I need a plate, I need an outlet for that, or I'll be a bit crazy. (laughs) You can probably hear that, like you hear the energy, you know, I, I get that comment a lot, it's a, it's definitely served me well in a lot of ways, but it's also equally as important for me to manage that and leverage it appropriately. So I got I got to be active. I do a lot of activity. So in, yeah, in your day to day, Andrea, I'm sure there's times where it's not always so high energy and and outward. Right. Talk to me about those times where you failed. Right. Like what happened behind the scenes where you couldn't like fe- felt like you couldn't go forward. I'm learning to sit in the failure more so. So I'm a seven on the Enneagram. And sitting in pain is really hard for me. I'm a master reframer. And so give me a negative situation and I can so quickly turn it into a positive or find the bright side. Or, And again, like there is, you can, you can even hear it in my language, that has served me well. Like I'm looking for the positive in that. But I also see how I've skimmed over some really hard things. And so I I really do allow myself, I'm working to really allow myself to like, okay, what am I feeling? I have in my home office, I have a feelings wheel right behind me so that I can go to that feelings wheel and name the feeling. Because, you know, the, on the scale of feelings, like the positive feelings, like I got those down, but the not so positive feelings, it's really helpful for me to name those. Like, is it disappointment? You know, is it frustration? Like what? is it I'm actually feeling right now? And then I can say, okay, what's what's the story behind that? Like, what is it that has been triggered in me that's creating that feeling? And so processing through it is something I'm learning to do. Sounds like you have a lot of self-awareness. So what advice would you give to those listeners to kind of help them discover who they are? 
There's always three things. You know, now at this point in my career, having done this for a lot of years, I've really been trying to reflect on like all the growth experiences I've seen. Like what are the ingredients for success in those? And I think it's like the first one is simply time, like giving yourself time to grow and recognizing that it is a process and trusting the process, trusting that life is working with you and for you. And for me, my experience, life is made to work out. And so I have such a a belief and a faith in that. So if I stay in it, it's going to come to fruition. So time is one. The other one is giving yourself a lot of grace. You know, I think that we are, oh my gosh, we're so hard on ourselves and the crazy shit we make up in our heads. And so just challenging that and also like letting yourself feel or think whatever you're feeling. Like right next to it can be another thought or feeling. Like not getting so tied to that one thought or that one belief or that one idea, knowing there's another one. And then the third thing is like having a, a tribe of people in your life, accountability partners. I just, I just, podcasted about this yesterday. You know, there's so much research that shows the impact of social commitment when you're working towards a goal, that if you actually have an accountability partner, the odds of you achieving a goal go up 95%. So there's research that shows it's not just like tribe for tribe's sake, but no, like but having a safe group, a safe place to fall and to process and to talk through things and and someone that's going to say, did you do it? Did you not? That's when growth happens. So time, grace, and accountability. Yeah. I love it. So with those three things in mind, then, where are those six to 10 words that kind of kept you grounded and kept you focused in your life? Well, so they're, they're words that just over the last year I've really taken on, and they speak to the story I started with, with that professor saying to me, have you ever thought about life is always speaking to you? So the key is, are you listening? Are you paying attention to that? So it comes from that that deep faith, knowing that life is made to work out. And so, okay, okay, life, I got to keep my eyes open around what you're trying to tell me. I can't get so caught up in my own thoughts or negativity or what other people are doing. I have to pay attention. So it's kind of all these things combined, right? It's the my mom's point around, hey, Andrea, attend your own garden. It's also then knowing that life is speaking to me always and paying attention to that. So who in your life do you want to thank that you don't thank often? You know, today in this moment, because we started with the connection with Robert, I'm going to thank I'm going to thank my husband this morning. That guy, I am so much better because of him. So I was I was a single mom for 11 years and was very focused on career and my daughter. And those were the things I did. And then Robert Butcher came into my life and has really helped to round me out a bit. He also tends to be a really driven and intense kind of guy, and but in different ways than me. And so he he is the best accountability partner I could ever ask for. I actually, this commencement speech that I told you I was given, I practiced that for him last week. And I was, you know, I was all into it and even got teary-eyed a couple times. And at the end of it, he was like, I think there's more in there. He's like, I, he's like, I think, I think you got more you can put into that. Like, well, shit. <laughs> Where's the, that was awesome, you know, but he was right. It wasn't done. And so I did, I went back and I added some things. And so that's what I mean by he, I am so much better because of him. He's um in such a graceful, loving way. He pushes me to be, to be my best. So I have a deep question for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. What event in your past are you too scared to talk about? 
The first thing that comes up for me is my divorce, just because I don't talk about that very much. That's one of those things that I very quickly reframed because it was mutual. And so I very quickly reframed it as like, we even did like a a charter of like a co-parenting charter, like 10 points. And so very quickly, I'm like, okay, we're going to be, it's going to be great. We're going to be great friends. We're going to co-parent. And, but that time frame really sucked. I mean, it was, it was really hard. Well, what sucked about it? I failed. I failed. And so that's, it's hard to acknowledge that. And I know a lot of people will say like, oh, you know, don't, it's got to take two or, but no, it was, I am responsible for that, that marriage failing. And I am so fortunate that I have such a great relationship with my ex-husband. I mean, we have worked on that and, but he and his wife, he remarried pretty quickly. My ex-husband and I had Mason and then just two years in, to her being born, we divorced, he remarried. And so I've been so grateful for Mason's stepmom being such a strong female role model in Mason's life all these years. And so again, like the, that's the story I've, I've always told. But just over the last few years, I've really taken the time to step back. And I remember I was running, it was a few years ago, but I was on a run. And all of a sudden, I was just feeling the weight of this, like, I failed. Like, You know, it was because of some decisions that I made that led to the demise of that marriage. And so I just like called my ex-husband and I was crying and I'm like, I just, I need to like apologize to you. I am so sorry. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, we're fine. We're good. And I'm like, I I know, but I need to say that to you. I need to take responsibility and apologize. What would you say to someone that's going through a similar situation? What advice would you give them? Tell the truth about what's really going on with you. And tell the truth. To whom? Yourself first. That's that like reframing, rationalizing, justifying it. Like what's really going on at the core of it? And that's hard work, isn't it? I mean, it takes so much courage to like really look yourself in the mirror and say like, okay, this is what's going on. And then my mantra is, as far as I'm concerned, the problem is me. Oh, that's good. Because that gives me a chance to step back and look at the situation more objectively. Right to see like what the other person's saying. You or... got it, hundred percent. Yeah, I've, I've similarly. I've always said like a hundred percent ownership, zero expectation, and and not that you should. You know, you, of course, the people that are around you are, are gonna you're gonna expect them to do things. But at the end of the day, like I'm creating my life based on how I show up and my thoughts and my decisions and my choices, and so that's what I can control. That's what I got to focus on. So, what guides you right now? What are some principles or some values that you kind of keep at the forefront of everything you do? My husband and I do this 10-year visioning process. And so part of my routine, you were asking earlier about what keeps, what keeps me grounded. And so in addition to, to staying active, I have a very disciplined routine around leveraging our vision as that, that bigger picture to filter everything through. And at the forefront of our vision is our relationship with God and that God is at the center of our marriage and that gives me such a empowering place to say, like, if something pops up, I can go to that vision and say, like, how does it fit in with this? And so I find myself saying no a lot. Like, that's not aligned with the direction that we're going. And, and that feels really good. That's that, that feels like with a lot of integrity that I can say, like, no, we've got a path and this is, this is where we're going. Now, Angela, last question for you then. What's exciting you right now that others should get excited about? Conversations like this. 
I mean, it's like life is speaking to you, you know, pay, pay attention. When this opportunity came up, you know, I, I know of you and your great work. And I just was looking forward to sitting down and laughing and connecting and just as we've done today. It's the moments, you know, life is speaking to you and pay attention. And these moments like that's that's where it's at. If there's a mission or cause you care about, you can get them on the show by emailing me at Darren at proactindy.org. That's D-E-R-R-I-N at proactindy.org. Now, let me ask you, who stood in the gap for you? What are the words that changed your life? If you can answer that question, then I want you on the show. Send me a message at Darren at proactindy.org. That's Darren, D-E-R-R-I-N, at proactindy.org. Mm-hmm.